Welcome to The Thrive Show, where we offer you practical advice that can be implemented into your daily spiritual lives to help you build a thriving home in a thriving sphere. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to The Thrive Show. In this episode, we're going to be talking about personal finances. Um, we are Rick and Laura Jenis. Um, we have been married for 44 years, and between the two of us, we have over 60 years of financial experience. But don't let that fool you that we have made our share of mistakes in those 44 years of marriage, but we've learned a lot from them. So today, we're going to be talking a little bit about maybe some of the most asked questions about finances. So, Rick? Okay, we've got some questions here in the hat, and I'm just going to pull one out. Oh boy, you gonna ask the first one? Sure am. Okay. Okay. I feel like I'm always out of money at the end of the month. How can I get to a place where we don't feel stretched so thin? Okay, well, you know, Rick and I did not budget our money for a lot of years of our marriage. Um, a few years ago, I retired from a really well-paying job and we knew that we were gonna have to do a better job of budgeting and so, we decided that we were going to um, start keeping track of every single penny that we spent. And boy, oh boy, was it enlightening. So we are um, big advocates of budgeting because it helps us decide where our money is going instead of our bills telling us where our money is going. Rick, what do you want to add to that about budgeting? Yeah, I mean, we were both nervous about her changing jobs because we had like a 40% drop in our income and that, but by budgeting and making some changes, we actually had more money left over at the end of the month. So we really saw the value of it and it's, it's been good for us. And we, we have, um, you know, kind of nerdy, but uh, we have um, categories. So we have things that are important to us. So like a vacation fund, we have a vehicle fund, we have a um, grandkids college fund that we put money into every week. And that money is budgeted for that. So when those things come up, we just pull the money from those and we know it's there and it's, it's really been great. And yeah. so, okay. Okay. You ready for the next question? Sure. All right. All right. We have jobs. What can we do to help supplement our income? Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. That's, we have, in teaching other financial classes, you know, we found out that one of my favorites was, you know, a family sold plasma for a month. They got $800 income to supplement their income. And that, uh, you can part-time jobs, uh, garage sales, you know, selling everything they don't need but the kids, mm -hmm. you know, that people can generate a lot of money or they just, you know, have things that they don't use anymore and would rather have something else. I know in the, some of the classes we've just been, you know, we will always give some of our ideas of how to supplement income, but honestly, people come up with really creative ideas and there's like, you know, all kinds of things that you can do. You know, you can um, walk, walk someone's pets, offer to, offer to babysit. And sometimes, you know, when the budget is not working, when you find that more's going out than what's coming in, sometimes you have to make those hard decisions of getting an extra, a, a second job or or even temporarily, just finding different ways of either cutting expenses or bringing in more income. That's really the only two choices. Would you agree? Yep. Spend less or make more. Yep. 
Okay. All right. Next question. Next question. Okay. How can I get my credit score up? Oh, that's a good question. So one thing you will learn if you decide to come to a Financial Peace University class is that um, honestly, the goal is for all of us not to have to worry about what our credit score is because ultimately we'll be out of debt and we won't need to worry about that. But until we get there, having a credit score is really important. So making sure that all of your bills are paid on time. Um, so anytime that you are late on any kind of a payment, whether it's a credit card, whether it's a mortgage, whether it's a vehicle, um, it's going to show up on your credit credit score and bring that score down. So to bring it up is making your payments on time. And um, that's what else? How else can you? Yeah, that's that the most important thing is making at least the minimum payment on time, because even a very small monthly bill can affect your credit score just almost as bad as being late on a big house payment. And, and I thought of another one. What's that? Um, another one is a lot of times if you have like, let's say you have 10 credit cards and even if you don't use 10 credit cards, there is an amount that you are eligible to borrow. So let's say you could go out and max out every single one of those credit cards. Well, the credit card companies know that. And so that could bring your score down. So cut, going, getting a copy of your credit report, which there are several ways of doing that. And, you know, cutting up those credit cards that are still out there and calling on the back of the credit card and telling them the company that you want to cancel it. So those are those are different ways. And even if you are committed to getting rid of credit card debts, which we're big advocates of, um, you can still close out the account. Now, you're still going to have to make the payments if there's something on there, but you can at least close it out where you're not going to put any more on it. And that's the ultimate goal. Okay. Ready for next question? Sure. Whose turn? Yours. Oh, yours is, okay. Right, here we go. I am feeling really overwhelmed thinking about the future of my finances. What can I do to feel less anxious? That's, you know, we found out years ago that if you can get control of your finances where you decide where your money's going instead of your bills telling you where it's got to go every month, that is a good place to start. And that's where we, Laura talked about budgeting. That you sit down and figure out what all your money goes for, decide what you don't need, get rid of those bills, and you know, decide what's the priorities in your life. And that, uh, you know, if you can get that under control and you know, you just you feel a lot better and life's a lot more simpler. And you know, Rick, some people may be thinking like, okay, that all sounds good, but where do I even start on a budget? Well, the first thing you do is figure out how much net income you bring in. So not, not gross, not up, you just, what you actually have is physical cash, write that down and then just start writing down expenses. What are your monthly expenses? What are, and a lot of times, you know, do you, there's things that you won't even think about that, as you're keeping track, you know, as you're keeping track of your expenses that you're going to need to, to write down and just some things that I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, what are some things that are just really easy to forget that like McDonald's coffee, of course he brings up the thing that, you know, that's my, 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 um, my habit. So yes, a dollar 79, $1.59 every, you know, every day that does add up. And that is something that I've done better mm -hmm. about giving up. Right. Yeah. Well, cause you know, a lot of people, you go get gas in convenience store and it's easy to go in and get a pop and a candy bar and, mm -hmm. you know, people get in the habit of doing that every day and it can be, you know, four or $5 every day. 
and that you end of the month, you know, you could have had that other hundred or hundred and fifty dollars. So one thing about a budget too is like, and usually in a couple, there's one person that takes care of the budget, and in our marriage, I'm the one that does the actual number crunching. But Rick has to turn in every single day everything he spent. So when I find that Snicker bar wrapper under the truck seat and things, it's like, okay, how much cash did you spend on that? And so it it helps us hold each other mm -hmm. accountable too. So okay, all right. Next question. Yeah. We want to start a budget, but what should we cut out? Oh, okay. So, well, that's, we kind of talked about that a little bit. So there's all kinds of things. Um, some of the examples that we've given in Financial Peace University is, um, for example, when I retired and we knew that um, income was going to drop a lot, um, I started calling all of the different companies where we had bills. So did you know that if you call your trash pickup company that they will, that I told them I was retiring and um, without even having to give too much of a reason, they, they slashed our bill in half. And um, after um, probably a year or so of that, we got to thinking, it's like, you know what? We really don't need trash pickup. So we started recycling, which is better for the environment anyway. And then we also have learned that we can, that we burn trash. We live in the country, so we can burn trash. And then we do have access to a dumpster. So um, if there's anything, and there's really not that much that you can't recycle or burn, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. just a few things, but we can throw it in the dumpster if we have that. So that was a big, that was one that we yeah. cut out. Cable, um, TV. TV streaming services and cable. I mean, you know, everybody thinks they have to have Netflix or Disney or um, Hulu or YouTube TV. And, you know, that's all, all well and good. But when you're trying to get out of debt, those are some things that you can cut. One thing we found out too, like during the summer months, Rick and I don't watch a lot of TV. We're more in like when basketball season starts, we want to be able to watch Purdue basketball, boiler up. But um, we, we found out that we can pause our YouTube TV when um in the summer months and when we're not watching it so yeah because you know, we shut it off for three months and mm -hmm. it's basically seventy dollars a month yeah and that you know we're not really using it anyways but you just yep. don't think about it yep. but it's easy to do and what's the biggest thing we have found in our budget that's the budget buster that we need to watch uh, for us it's eating out you know we both worked a lot of hours and get home late so it's easy for us to just go eat out supper and mm -hmm. when you start doing a budget you find out what your you know, habit is. It's yep. budget breaker, and that was ours. Yep, and you can live on ramen noodles. So if that's yeah. something that you need that, you know, if that's mm -hmm. something that, you know, you're finding ways to cut, you know, that we found out that food was a big one for us. That's so. a story back when we first got married many, many years ago. Uh, one night, you know, we were looking for what we could have for supper that night, and that we basically decided to eat the top of our wedding cake that we were saving for our first year anniversary for our supper that night. Because we had no money. Because we had no money till Friday. And <laughs> I remember at Aldi's, a can of tomato soup was 19 cents. You know, it could be a meal. So you can live really cheap for a while if you need to. Yep. yep. Ready okay. for the next question? Yep. Okay. My turn. All right. We keep making payments on our credit card, but we can't seem to make any progress on the principal balance. Okay. I know in the Dave Ramsey course, he talks about going and starting on the smallest credit card and paying it off first. You know, pay the minimum on your other credit cards and then put all your extra cash on that one. And that's where the budgeting comes in handy to see how much extra cash you can come up with. 
and that because that snowball effect once you get rid of that first card you know you get excited about the next one you just take that extra money and apply it towards that but, yep the money you were putting on the smallest one then would go to the next one and then you just keep yeah you pay off that one and then all that money goes to the next one and then before you know it you know, you're, you're out of credit card debt. So it really does work. And it is exciting. You know, a lot of times, you know, the, the, the banker in us or the common sense in us think, well, we should start with the highest interest rate, but there is a lot to be said for that. Just that emotional, um, that feeling of accomplishment of just getting something paid off so I can mm -hmm. cut it up and that's done for. So, yep. Okay. Great. The last one. Oh, I did good. Oh, no, there's one more. Okay. Okay. I'm already in my 30s and haven't started saving for retirement. Is it too late? It's never too late to start saving for retirement. Um, again, if, if you do decide to come to Financial Peace University, you'll find that we talk about that um, after we have paid off all of our debt, besides our mortgage debt, that we will start saving for retirement. And a lot of, um, a lot of companies will do a 401k match. So we always, always, always um, say, you know, at least get the match that you're put enough in so that your company will match what you put in. And um, the younger you can start, the better. But once you have be once you have gotten out of debt, you're going to have some extra money to put in towards that um, before into that 401k. So I believe I can't remember exactly what the limit is. It's like seventeen thousand dollars a year is what a person can put in, I think, for retirement, and then the company will match that. So you know, if you get to that point where you've paid off all of your debt, you know, it's good to put as much into that 401k as you can. And I'd say that's where we probably have found that we have um, where we most of our savings is at now. So. Yeah, that's what because. Years ago, I worked a job that had no retirement plan. And then when I got into banking, you know, we tried to put as much maximize that as much as we can. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it starts out slow, but it just compounds. And, you know, you go 20, 30, and even like in our case, 40 plus years later, it really starts adding up. And a story I remember from when we were first married, I mean, we knew we needed to be saving for retirement. And like you said, you didn't have, you know, that at work. And I was a stay at home mom. We went to a financial planner and we started putting in $75 a month. Mm -hmm. And at that time, that was a lot of money for us. I mean, it might not seem like much now, but it was for us yeah. at the time raising two kids. But that money now, when we look at it, it's still in that account and it has grown with adding to what our 401ks and things. Mm -hmm. So it it's, it's worth it. It's never too late to start saving for retirement. Yep. Okay. Last question. Last question. All right. What is good debt? Okay. Uh, good debt is, in my mind, is something like a, a house, something that can appreciate in value and that, uh, or can generate additional income, like an investment in a rental property, potentially, but you know, what would Dave Ramsey say is good debt? Uh, a house is basically about it. And obviously no, no debt. No debt. No debt. But uh -huh. you're right. that The goal is to just get down to a mortgage. Correct? Yeah, because anything that depreciates, like a vehicle, is credit cards, is, my mind, is terrible debt. And then you start working up, you know, uh, vehicles are not as bad, but it's still not good debt because it loses value where a house, you know, can appreciate. So that would be my version of a good debt. Yeah. So speaking of vehicles, um, you know, we just ended up putting um, some new tires on your truck that has 250,000 miles on it. So why did we 
decide that it was a good idea to put new tires on a truck with that many miles. Because it was paid for. <laughs> the truck is paid for, so mm -hmm. that's right. And yeah. we don't have enough quite in the budget yet to um, go out and get another vehicle. Yep. So we're still saving for that. So um, that's another way of cutting is just trying to make those vehicles last as long as you can. And you don't have to have a brand new, a brand new vehicle. So there's a lot of used vehicles out there that'll work okay. just as well. One thing we did not talk about, and I think before we get off, we need to we need to um, talk about um, unexpected expenses and emergency funds. You want to talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, that's where, you know, when I used to do a lot of consumer loans, you'd have a lot of people come in. Like, example, I had a, an older lady, a widow come in. You know, she owned her home, but uh, she only had like 800 and some dollars a month Social Security, and she had $1,100 uh, heating bill and that, you know, she had no savings and that it's, it's really tough to qualify someone like that for a loan and that, you know, they're in tough situations. I had people come in, the transmission come out of their car, you know, they were already maxed out making their car payment and they couldn't afford $1,500. So it is so important to have that emergency fund for those things that just you know, go wrong that you, you just don't plan for. You need to plan for them, and that's why you need an emergency fund. So one of the first things that we'll talk about in Financial Peace University is like it's almost like a contest to see, okay, who can get the first $1,000 saved up? And even if you have $1,000 saved up, we still have everyone save an additional, additional $1,000. And just to find out different creative ways of what we can sell or um, how we can earn some additional income just to get that emergency fund started. Because I believe in every class that we have had, someone has had some sort of an emergency they've been able to share in the class that they've needed that, they've needed that yep. money. And it's just been such a relief. Like we had it though. We were able to, we were able to take care of that, um, that emergency. Yep. Cause I just read the other day that it said only 48% uh, of the adults in this country do not have 400 extra dollars for emergency and that, you know, that's not very much, mm -hmm. you know, things go wrong a whole lot bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And I think we've all heard on the news, you know, right now, you know, interest rates are going up, you know, things are costing more and things. So it's just really important. I mean, you know, I think we found like our gas budget that we've had to increase that a lot mm -hmm. just yeah. for um, just the way things are. So, yeah. Are well, you ready to sum this up? Okay. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for joining this um, episode of Thrive and talking a little bit about finances. And we would um, be remiss if we didn't put a plug in. Financial Peace University is coming back in January. So be looking for information on that. Um, and we would love to have you join us. And I believe this time it's going to actually be during the week of a week um, of an evening. So we would love to invite the community to come as well. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Thrive Show. Our vision at the First Church of Christ is to build thriving homes and thriving spheres, and that can only happen with a thriving relationship with our God. Now, if you want a fun and interactive way to get your household thriving in all those areas, you're definitely going to want to check out this new game that we've created. It's called The Thrive Deck, and it's available now. To play the game, simply draw a card from the deck once a week and do whatever the challenge says. If the challenge doesn't apply to your household, do the option instead. And if the challenge isn't quite challenging enough, then you have a bonus option you could do as well. Each card has a designated challenge based on one of the three different categories. One focuses on your home. These challenges are designed to help you thrive in your household, whether you live alone or with a spouse or with children. Another category emphasizes your relationship with God by offering new ways to encourage growth in your personal spiritual life. 
The last category prioritizes your relationships within your personal spheres of influence. These cards might challenge you to step out of your comfort zone with friends, coworkers, or acquaintances and help you all thrive in your relationship with God. So are you up for the challenge? Visit the FCC Welcome Center to purchase yours and keep thriving in your homes and in your spheres.